seeking certain needs, and it, things, it, it just didn't, couldn't happen, and the obstacles were there. So one of the reasons we're going forward, I'm going to tell you today, is we don't do something today, what I expect to see is nothing, until we get somewhat into probably late spring because of weather again. You know, the more we get into that January, February, March, the more difficult it is to set it if you can have a lot of confidence when it comes to weather. So, and the last thing, of course, we wanted to get this organization brought before the public because of the issue of education, certainly in particular, which is obviously the key focus, I would say, of education advocates for reform. Um, having said that, in the uh, back, there is a registration form which we're hoping everyone to sign. Um, so there's going to be a drawing that's going to be done. And if you haven't signed that card, um, is it, how many of you signed the card when you came in? The four by five card, how many? Very few. So I'm going to ask um, Rick and Karen to get those cards distributed. We'll do the, the drawing a little bit later. Um, Mm -hmm. A few things maybe before I start with a little bit of message I hope. On the back table on the right, you're going to see a bunch of amount of information. I would like to make reference to a couple of organizations who have information in that. The Will Law Firm, many of you, I hope, have learned a little something about the Will Law Firm. Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. That organization has had great um, legal influence on educational issues in this state, even though it's an extremely young legal firm. Um, it's grown tremendously, it's a nonprofit. Anybody who brings a case to the world organization and they take it, you don't pay a dime. Um, so it's, 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 it's a very unusual organization from that standpoint. Um, particularly focused, of course, on the constitutional issues and education is one of those. They have a pamphlet in the back end. You just reference it to see it. Encourage you to take a look at it. Take a copy. There's a copy back there. You're going to find information on what they have been doing, especially in the legal area, and especially educationally, what's been transpiring. Uh, it's at least a picture of regarding that. One individual who cannot be with us today is an individual from the Wisconsin United for Freedom Organization. We call it MOOF, MOOF, W-U-F-F. Um, I talked to her this morning. She had planned on coming. She's down. She's sick. And so MOOF, she's out of the picture. She was going to be on the panel. We're going to have um, Dr. Douglas Eatman on that panel last minute. He's here. I want to say thank you. He was here this last Monday night. And your statements, I believe, and comments I've heard from people, not just you, but others, uh, about some of the content, and you were a key part of that, so thank you for being with us. Um, but the one thing I'm going to say about Wolf, there's a couple of the sheets down back that you're going to see. I found this extremely intriguing. I would expect you might also. Um, it's titled, Vaccine Schedule Exploding for U.S. Children. And you're going to see, in 1963, vaccines existed. 1983, there's somewhere around, so we're looking at 23 years later, we're looking at somewhere around 10 vaccines existing for children. 2020, I didn't count them, 
but I'm guessing there's somewhere in the vicinity of looking at this of 40 or more vaccines for children. And now we're at 2021, the plus COVID period. That number has gone somewhere, I didn't tell them, but you can see from the chart when you look, I'm gonna guess there's somewhere in the vicinity of 50, 60 vaccines. I, I, I gotta watch it, I get off on a tangent on this, but I'm gonna finish this by saying what to me is extraordinarily unusual um, is with the COVID, when I look at it, a vaccine, one shot, up until a year ago, now it's two shots, now it's three shots, now it's four shots. What kind of a vaccine do you think that is? I mean, it, 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 it raises the question. So with that, I'm going to just move on. Um, those two organizations want to take, make sure that you're going to take it on. Um, this organization, I want to sit, tell you why, I guess, to what and the why, a little bit of how the organization. Um, Jim and I, front row seat man here, probably five years ago, the new school, some meetings, very interesting meetings, um, especially if I recall around the sex ed issue that we were looking at. Um, Appleton here, I've been somewhat involved over the years with the education issue. Um, many of you remember um, Pastor, uh, somebody help me with his name. Elvin? Pardon me? Elvin? Oh, no. Pastor Dupree. Yeah. Um, is involved with him. What I'm trying to say here, this is for me not a new issue. It really goes back and say, you know, to Milwaukee where I live for many years, involved with education, involved in choice schools. Um, I'm going to boil it down out of this. What I'm convinced of, if you look at the education issue and you look and who's controlling the education issue. Um, to me, it was very apparent and necessary that we not continue, as we have traditionally done, dealing with a school district, one school district. That's the way we've been orientated, and I'm not saying not to be involved with that school district, but when you understand the organization the money, the resources that you as a parent and any candidate that's on the school board is up against in terms of that school district that is basically committed to an education that most of us that I know, I'm assuming people like you are probably going to be here, but most of us, especially when you see what's going on with CRT, the sex ed, um, the mandates when it comes to the vaccines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Cutting out the parents, I would argue. Cutting out the public, having really control of the extent of their parents and children. And we became convinced that we needed to look at an organization that might be able to counter more effectively. I'm going to say the unions. The teachers' union is understood to be the strongest union in the United States. Extremely well organized, extremely well funded, and um, 
most of us in the community involved in the local education we get involved with it somewhere around January, maybe when we have an upcoming primary, we have elected school board candidates, and then we have the general election maybe. But the other side is seven, 24-7-365 days a year. All the resources they need, you try to push an effort against them, and you do that as an individual or a small group, and I think you've got a problem. It's too much that you're up against. And too often we've got individuals that um, I think don't have resources to turn to in terms of, I, if I was to comment, Dr. Gateman is here, and he, he would go on for this for probably an hour probably. Um, just the vaccine issue. I mean, the, the other side of privacy, and there's always two sides to a question or an issue, at least two or more. When you get to one, you're liable to be misled. And um, I would say, even in the vaccine rate, we're, we're up against that. So the, this organization really came about then because what we're trying to do is organized, we're seeing in the Fox Valley. You can basically see as an organization, Kakana, Kanina right now. And also, as far as we have people from New London, Hortonville who have asked to be a part of it. So we're going to have to see how this rolls forth, but the idea is to have a larger organization. If we have an issue at a school board, like our adversaries will do, they'll bring people in that you don't know it sometimes from the outside. If it's a public demonstration, you might be interested to find out who's doing sometimes there, especially if it's outside. We don't do that. We need a stronger public voice sometimes. But we also need information, which is key, we believe, in terms of helping people to understand whether it's a vaccine, whether it's CRT, um, and some of these ongoing issues that are, are we think, extremely detrimental to the education after the children. So, um, the organization is going to be equipped to work with candidates, uh, vetting them, financially supporting them, door-to-door -door work for them, possibly radio for them, but also in a position to, after they're elected, be there for them. Uh, be there for them, again, meaning in some cases if there's a particular issue and a problem issue that we can dialogue and ongoing support of the rule that we would want to carry with them. Um, it is a, um, I've got almost 120 here, and I'm going to try the, um, our mission statement, you know, I must say, <laughs> I'm known for this, I speak more extemporaneously than I should sometimes. Um, on the back table, you'll find the pamphlet. Um, the ABC is on the front of it. It's basically the one. This brochure is going to give you more information on this if they want it. It's going to answer what is our mission, how are we basically seeing ourselves uh, carrying that mission out. And one of the things that we think he, we're going to have to find out that it's got to be tested yet, 
I like to call it the brigade, the parents' brigade. What is it? Uh, the parents' brigade would be a group at each school district that is on a list that's got as a, a group organization, name, phone number, email, the ability especially with phone, but particularly texting. But we get into a, sometimes a very short time period to deal with an issue. The texting is the fastest way we can reach you. So we're trying to build that little bit of data in each school district, which will allow us, like a brigade, going back to the following in this country, the brigade, to react immediately. And hopefully with some degree of impact and force. Yeah, but every one of the school districts that our vision would be to create the brigade. The brigade will also work with the planning organization, the board of this organization, keeping us informed, keeping them informed, working together like that. But now, you'll see it referenced in this brochure. With that, um, Walter is going to make a few comments here. Walter is on the board, and uh, you're up. Thank you, Ed. Um, one of the things that Ed asked me to do is why I got involved with this. Back in the early 90s, my daughter was in East High School in Appleton, and uh, supposedly had a civics class. I was somewhat concerned about it, and I remember I had several discussions with the Lee Islander at the time on the telephone, by the way. Uh, we'd call, he would call me at night, and we had, we had a lot of discussions about. Um, but what the children learn, I mean, I educated my daughter the fact that there's a difference between a democracy and a republic. Uh, most people, uh, it, it offends me when I hear them say about our democracy. We live in a republic rather than four second for the Constitution. I really need my daughter, thank God. Um, I followed this education issue fairly, fairly regularly. When I went to Foundry in Berlin, uh, for about 10 years, and uh, we had a number of students from high school graduate would come to work in the foundry. I remember one, now my partner was a long time living resident. He was, he was six foot six, 240 pound German with a bad attitude. <laughs> and I don't mean that seriously, uh, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't mess with me. That was Italian. <laughs> seriously, um, we had one student from Berlin fly for a job and misspelled his last name three different ways on a job application. And I remember Tom taking the job out. He wasn't on the school board, but he was school board members. And I remember him going up there and just, it was not a pleasant evening. Let me put it to you that way. And he really went for it. We cannot have a civil society that does not, that does not understand basics about our civics, mechanics, and basics about uh, mathematics. In fact, excuse me, sir. Mm -hmm. in the Wall Street Journal, making math education even worse. Um, this is becoming this is becoming a serious issue in, uh, in our country. And that's what motivated me when Ed asked me if I would, would you consider being part of this. Um, I thought about it for a while, you know, I've got a lot on my plate, I'm doing a number of other things. But I agreed to do it because, first of all, I like Ed. Second of all, uh, 
I, I've worked with, with kids who can't even count money backwards. They, they, they don't even know what, they, what I'm talking about. Uh, and if they do, and, and I've worked, before I, before I did this, I was working at Lowe's and so I started the math thing. And, and there were kids there who couldn't do basic math. Simple stuff. Um, and then there was an issue uh, the other day in the Wall Street Journal. I don't know how many of you actually read this. I do all of them. It's December 1st. I'm sorry, it's December 1st. It talks about the 1619 project, and basically the New York Times has it wrong. And there's a, there's a guy who's been going around uh, to the universities talking about it. So it became, <clears throat> when they talked to me about this a month or two months ago, whatever it was, three months ago, I forget exactly when, uh, I told them I would, I would definitely uh, work on this. I think that uh, if we can have a organization <coughs> that supports candidates, that uh, helps them get to where they need to get to, to to actually do this job. I'm retired, theoretically, and so I'm willing to put every effort into it I can to help anybody who's running, um, go to door, drop it, go to door, drop, whatever it takes. So that's what motivated me, but uh, we cannot, as a civil society, function uh, without having educated students and uh, if anybody follows it, just in the Wall Street Journal, uh, which uh, I, I'm a great reader of, and I, and I gotta tell you, it it's, can be a little disheartening listening to some of these students, they, they don't know the basics. Uh, and in some ways, we live in a democracy, it's, it's a sense of a law. We live in a republic. And there's a reason for that. And there's a reason that Seneca wrote, wrote it that way. You know, it's just, just is. So I'm dedicated to this. Uh, people who are going to run, uh, I, I encourage them to, to talk with us. Um, we definitely, definitely want to put together a group of people in all these school districts, but here they're going to help with these, with these uh, candidates to run for school board. And that's just, that's just has motivated me, and that, that's my function in here. And, <coughs> Thank you, Walter. Um, Duke, where's Duke? Where is Duke? Are we going to Duke it out with Duke pretty soon? I don't know. <laughs> he's got to set up his machine. He wanted to, uh, he's, he's out here. By the way, um, since I'm assuming not everybody may know who Duke is, you're going to be your main speaker today. Duke is also the executive director of Freedom Project Academy. His office is right down the hall, and that's where he's holed up right now, I suspect. Um, but um, Duke has uh, obviously um, been very, very involved in education. He is a professor um, at UW Oshkosh, whatever you call it, the word, uh, tenured. So, I mean, he is um, not just an assistant professor, et cetera, he is a full PhD professor. Um, but this education issue is going to be of interest to you. I'm going to say, there he is. Duke, is it possible for you to just set up here while I'm talking, or is that not possible? Sure. Because that would okay. Um, let me, um, <coughs> did, every, did we get the cards turned in by everybody, Karen? I think most everybody signed okay. in for the um, um, prizes. Did everybody get? Oh. Okay, we got there a few go. more. There we go, right. one way up here. And if you'd like um, a brochure, I don't know if everybody got a an EAR brochure. Got one there. And, um, oh, you don't? Okay. 
Well, what I what I'd like to do, um, Karen, with your blessing, since he's setting up for a few minutes, Karen, if if we could, Karen, can we go ahead and do the drawing quickly? Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, as we do the drawing, you're going to find out um, Karen is on her board. Um, has basically got some baskets that are going to be drawn for. Is that correct? We've got four little things that back here and you can just come and pick one thing at the end sure. of our time. Okay? Sure. So, so let's draw some, what have we got, four names to draw then? Um, whatever. Yeah. Um, Barry Campbell. Yep. See, they're back here by the cookies. Wow. Um, is it <coughs> four? Chandos? Yes, these Chandos. You're on. Oh. Okay. Is the cookie tray part of the drawing? <laughs> um, no. You know what? No. It's on the table. Come hey, on, it's on the table. Help yourself. Don't steal the cookies. Help yourself. Help yourself. In fact, if you want the baggie, I have leftover cookies and baggies down below. Uh, Deb Truman. All right. And the fourth. Andrea. Oh, all right. Andrea. So, thank you. And if you want cookies, we got cookies. Thank you. You know, while Duke is sitting, I'm going to take one more second and uh, I want to say to Representative David Murphy uh, once more, thank you. This book, many I find many people don't have it. Um, David has been, with the blessings of you taxpayers, providing copies of this book to anybody who wants it. There's so much information in here that you really to read, uh, especially at the state level. You've got a box of them back on the right there. And I encourage you, if you don't have one, take one. We need to get rid of them, right? <laughs> and make use of them. And with that, um, I did a partial intro of uh, Dr. Petra here a second ago. Um, now, if it wasn't for the Human Project Academy, um, I wouldn't be here, I'm sure of that. Many of you would not be here. Um, that organization has done a lot to basically, I would say, help us better understand the education issues, right down to teaching the children, which is what FD is primarily here to do. They've got somewhere around, is it 1,000, 1,100? 1,200. And of course, there are. Um, are you ready, sir? I only need to check the volume. Let me just see. I think we're going to need to turn the lights off. Okay. Somebody should. Yeah, on the one side at least. Well, both of them. Direct descendant of the North American. Are we going to want this? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, okay, good. No problem. I think we're ready to roll. We just throw the lights off in front here a little bit. Hey guys, what's up? We are live. We are at the community public market. We are talking with the Golden Cross Ambulance Service. What's your name, sir? Jacob. So, Jacob, uh, tell us uh, how many. So. I'm seeing a whole lot of stuff. Can you explain what all this is? Yeah, absolutely. So our ambulance is essentially an emergency room on wheels. We have um, a lot of medications, things to start IVs to give medications to uh, help people breathe. We can check out people's heart, what the heart's doing. Um, if it's not doing what we want it to, we can shock it back into a good rhythm. 
Um, we can check blood pressures, blood sugars, all sorts of things. So basically, think of it as an emergency room on wheels. So how? So how? Because I I have seen ambulances. Yep. And they, they don't go to the hospital right away, they load up the patient. Yep. Why is that? Why don't they go to the hospital right away? Because we are trained medically to provide care so we can do things in the back of the ambulance to um, help stabilize the patient if they're sick or get them ready to go to the hospital so the hospital can treat them differently and uh, get faster treatment in the hospital, if that makes sense. Okay, so what what is your role? You're a, uh, super, what's a, super, what's a supervisor, what does a supervisor do? So we have, 14 ambulances a day, so I make sure that everything's going okay, support them any way that they need. Um, if there's any issues, I can help them resolve those issues, whether it be with patients or the public. Oh, cool. So anything else that is going on in uh, in the Go Cross ambulance, anything else you want to say? Not really. We're just kind of, we're doing our job every single day. It's been a very busy couple of years with COVID, but we're, uh, we're maintaining and providing the best care that we can for the citizens of the Fox Valley. Thank you so much. You bet.